John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Okay, if you have your Bibles, open them up, please, to the book of Acts. Acts chapter number 1 will be our verse that we're going to launch from this morning. And today I just want to share with you, uh, with this being Super Bowl Sunday, and they tell us that over 130 million people are going to tune in and watch this little football game this evening at about 530. Do you realize that? Over 130 million people are going to tune in to watch this football game. Now, I guess there's a debate on whether they're going to watch the football game or whether they're there to watch the commercials. That's yet to be said. But the point is, over 130 million people are zeroing in on this particular event. With that being said, I wonder um, who's pulling. Now, we all, listen, I know we all have favorite teams. And by the way, the Green Bay Packers or the Pittsburgh Steelers, neither one of those are my favorite football teams. But we've got to pick one, okay? There's two teams that are playing, regardless of whether it's your team or not. There's two teams that are playing. So real quickly, I wonder how many Green Bay Packer fans do we have in the house tonight? You're pulling for Green Bay tonight. Raise your hand. Actually, stand up. Stand up if you're pulling for Green Bay tonight, okay? All right. <laughs> yeah. All right, you can have a seat. All right, if you're pulling for the Steelers tonight, stand up. Oh, do we have, do we have, do we have a divided house? Husband against wife, friends against friends, family against family. All right. Well, let me ask you this. How many are pulling for Jesus? How many is on the Jesus team? Stand up. Stand up. I mean, that's our greatest team, right? Give, give the Lord a hand. I love that last song we, we were singing about how we're going to stand with, with arms lifted up and hearts surrendered uh, to our Lord. Okay, you, you can sit down. Well, you know, when everything's said and done, I enjoy sports. I enjoy all sports. Uh, I've got my favorite college, and you guys know who that is, my favorite baseball and, and, and football and basketball, all these teams. But, but at the end of the day, it's, to me, it's just fun and recreation. It's just a way to, uh, to just banter with guys and individuals, and, and I enjoy sports. I played them all my life. Uh, matter of fact, that football jersey that my wife has, I got that jersey in the, uh, in the seventh grade. And I wore that particular jersey in my 7th grade and 8th grade. And when I went to school the, at the junior high, the ninth grade was down in the junior high. And I wore that jersey even into my junior high year. Uh, but number 84 was my number. Then I went to high school. Uh, they said, okay, we're going we're gonna to honor your numbers through junior high uh, for those that are starting. And so I got to carry my number 84 all the way through, through high school. And uh, so 84 is my number. As a matter of fact, when my wife and I got married, we got married in August which is the eighth month, on the fourth, which is the fourth day, number four, in 1984. So it's hard for me, at four o'clock in the afternoon, so it's kind of hard for me to forget 
my anniversary because that was kind of my number all through school. But I, I enjoy sports, I, and I hope you do, and it's a great time to just connect one with another. And I know there's some that, that could care less, and, and that's okay. Uh, but this is kind of, uh, I wanted us to have just a fun Sunday together. It's okay to have fun in church, is it not? I mean, it, surely we can come in here and have fun. I see Daryl Sporting his Illinois and John Pratt and his victory jerseys back there. I see a lot of victory jerseys on the victory team, and, and uh, that's good to see all you guys. I see Muscuta team there. and uh, So it's just kind of fun to come together and, and uh, support our teams. And I really just wanted this Sunday to be a, a fun Sunday for us. But as we start thinking about this little football game being played this afternoon between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Green Bay Packers, and realizing that there's 130 million people that are going to be tuning in to this football game this evening, I wanted to try to make a connection with that, being that really that's all we've heard, that's all we've seen, that's all that's been through the news and the media and everywhere you turn. There's something about the Super Bowl and the media week that's all taking place. And I was even watching um, uh, the NFL Network last night before I even went to bed to get some updates on what was going on. And, and they're even live out there at, you know, at 10 o'clock last night doing a show. And I mean, it's kind of a big event. Of course, I guess you recognize that and realize that. But at the same token, I wanted to try to bring a parallel between sports and the Christian life. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks a lot about athletics or sports, and it parallels that to the Christian life. It talks about how we, are, how we wrestle with things. Uh, of course, the Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy and other passages of Scripture, he parallels the Christian life as running a race. And so there are a, little, there are a lot of different athletic themes that run through the Bible that we can parallel the Christian life to the successes and the failures of a Christian, uh, of a Christian life and to the successes and failures of, of a team that's out there. So I want to try to bring today some parallels between the Super Bowl teams and the fans of those teams and the Christian life and try to bring those together to see if there's some things that we could glean that can help us win the Super Bowl. Now, there is another game being played. Not only is there the Steelers playing the, Pit, or the Packers tonight in the Super Bowl, but there's another game being played. And what is that game? It's the game of life. Matter of fact, I'm going to call it the Super Bowl of life. It's being played out right now. And you realize there's two teams in that game. There's Jesus. He's the quarterback of his team that's leading the way. And then, of course, there's Satan which is the quarterback of his team with all of his demons, and those two are at odds one with another. It's called spiritual warfare. I mean, there is a spiritual battle that takes place in all of our lives. There are two teams. I guess the question is, what team are you on? Are you on the team that Jesus is leading, or are you on the team of the world? And, and friends, I saw someone post yesterday. It was a uh, matter of fact, it was a young man... Um, that when I preached revival back in North Carolina last fall, uh, he, he had just rededicated his life to the Lord and recommitted his life. And I spent about two hours counseling with him one night after church. And, and man, he's so on fire for God, and, and he's still on fire for the Lord right now. But one of the things he posted yesterday on his Facebook wall was this. And I was very encouraged when I saw it, and I, I, I put a comment back on his wall when I saw it there. He said this on his wall. He said, he said saved people go to heaven, not good people. Oh, man, that's good. You see, because there's so many people that are just trying to live a good life. 
And just living a good life is not good enough to get to heaven. You must be born again. You must make a conscious choice and decision and select which team you're going to be on. You say, well, I'm not going, I'm not going to make a decision. I'm not going to do anything. Well, you've already made your choice. By not making a decision, you've chosen to identify with Satan and the world and be on that team. To be on Jesus' team, where he's the quarterback of this team, where he's playing in the Super Bowl every single day because it's a huge event that's taking place, you must repent of your sins and trust him as your personal Lord and Savior. You must be born again to be on that team. Well, I'm proud today to tell you that I'm on Jesus' team. I mean, I made that decision November the 13th, 1977. That's when I joined that team, and my life has never been the same since that day. And I'm glad of that. And I hope and pray that you've made that decision, that you've asked Christ into your heart, you've repented of your sins, and you are on His team. So let's answer the question, how? How do we win the Super Bowl of life? Well, I think there are five parallels that I want to bring to the Christian life and with Super Bowl teams and fans today. And I want to try to hit these. So take out your worship folder, and on the back, uh, you'll find a place where you can write down some notes, and there's some scripture, and hopefully you can take this and study it even more. But number one, how to win the Super Bowl of life, number one is this, and I believe this is very important. You must tell everyone whose team you're on. You must tell everyone whose team that you're on. In Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, the Bible says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my, what? Witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Now notice that the Lord said that when you become endued with power from on high, when the Holy Spirit takes up residence, in your spirit and in your life. He says, then you will become my witnesses. Now notice, he did not say you will become a judge. Nowhere has God called us to judge people and condemn them. Now yeah, we can judge the fruits that people are bearing. I understand that. But God's not called us into the work of condemnation. He's not called us into into the role of condemning people. Has he? He's called us to be a witness, not a judge. He's also not called us to be a prosecuting attorney. That's not our role. Our role is simply to be a witness. I like the blind man that was healed, and and he was blind from birth, and the Pharisees had called his, his, um, his parents in and said, Hey, what about this kid? Was he blind at birth? Yeah, he was blind at birth. And, you know... And, they, and then they called him in, and, and they called the guy that had been healed in, the Pharisees did, and said, what happened? He said, I don't know what happened. He said, but I do know this. At one time I was blind, but now I see. In other words, he said, all I can tell you is that something has happened in my life. And he was a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Guys, you realize that is probably one of the best ways of doing evangelism than any other way in the world is simply just telling your story. And we are to be witnesses. We need to be telling everyone whose team we are on. Guys, would you agree with me that in the Super Bowl that's being played today, that people are not ashamed to real quickly tell you which team they're rooting for or which team they're pulling for, are they? I mean, we've even seen it here. We've had fun with it here, and that's okay. But the point is, if we can, if we can do that in the athletic world, if we can go... Now, you know I'm a huge Duke fan. 
Okay, now we are going to have a March Madness Sunday and we are going to have and we're going to do the same thing with uh, with the March Madness. And as we go through all of that, and, and I promise you, I will be sporting some Duke apparel when that day comes. You know, I'm a huge Duke fan. I, I mean, I just don't hesitate at all to tell anybody that I'm a Duke fan. Neither does Troy hesitate to tell anybody he's an Iowa fan or, or Tracy, a Notre Dame fan. And, and it goes on and that's OK. But listen, if we can do that in the athletic realm. Guys, let's not be ashamed to tell people that we are part of God's family. Why is it that whenever we get out in the world, we can talk about sports, we can talk about the weather, we can talk about the snow, we can talk about all the ice, but when it comes to talking about Jesus, we almost kind of just cringe. We get a knot in our stomach. Why is that? In order to win the Super Bowl of life, listen, we must tell everyone whose team we are on. I mean, you look around at everybody today, and we're all wearing our different jerseys, and we're sporting the teams that we're, we're rooting for and we're pulling for. And, and when, you, when you go out into the world, you'll, you'll see people with all different ways identifying their team, from jerseys to hats to gloves uh, to, to the towels. I mean, it just goes on and on. You'll see plates on their car. And matter of fact, years ago, I, I ran across a, a Notre Dame logo for a car, and I bought that thing, gave it to Tracy. He's got it on the back of his Mazda even today. I mean, we do that kind of stuff all the time. I mean, it's not a, when you turn on the TV today and the sports commentators are talking about the football game, they're going to be focusing some of the attention on the fans, are they not? I mean, you see it every day and all the time in sporting events. These fans are not ashamed to tell you whose team they are on. Matter of fact, I remember um, even Michael Jordan. I mean, you know, people do all kinds of crazy things. I mean, they have a logo on just about everything, whether it be a shirt, a hat. Socks, gloves, underwear, it doesn't matter. They're putting a logo on it somehow for their team. It was said that Michael Jordan, when he left Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and went to Chicago for the Bulls to play, it was said that underneath his Chicago Bulls uniform, Mr. Lauderdale, you can confirm this. You want to finish the story for me? He wore, he wore his Tar Heel shorts underneath his Chicago Bull uniform. Now, we know that... Why is that? Because, I guess, the old saying, once a Tar Heel, always a Tar Heel, right? Say amen, Mr. Lauderdale. That's you right there. I put that in there just for you. You know how hard that was for me to do as a Duke fan? But I did that just for you. The point is this, guys. None of us are ashamed to tell which team we're rooting for. And I think for us to win the Super Bowl of life, we must do, we must get serious about Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8 where the Lord says that you are to be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, you are to be my witnesses. And who are you telling about Jesus? Have you told anybody about Jesus this week? We've talked all about the Super Bowl, but if you talk to anybody about Jesus this week, if you haven't, shame on you. And I want to encourage you to do it from this day forward. Tell everybody whose team you're on. Don't be ashamed to do that. Parallel number two, I want you to jot this down. If we're going to win the Super Bowl of life, not only must we tell everybody whose team we're on, but number two, we must display a strong support for our team. Display a strong support for your team. Now, guys, listen, they are doing this like crazy. I mean, you look around and you'll see that fans are traveling and they're spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on tickets just to get down to Dallas, Texas, just to watch this football game. My son was telling me the other day that he saw on the news that somewhere they were, they were charging up to $700 to park a car 
close to the arena so that you could get in to watch the Super Bowl. I mean, the point is people are financially supporting their team and throwing hundreds and thousands of dollars, get this, to watch their favorite team play four 15-minute quarters, which is a total of one hour of football, and supporting their team with hundreds and thousands of dollars. Whenever you think about the airfare travel or the cost of driving there and the hotel expense and the food, oh my, you know that Jerry Jones and the boys, you know they are charging $10 or more for a Diet Coke or a Pepsi, 8 or $10 or more possibly for a hot dog. But yet fans are throwing that money to that. Why? They're there to rally on their team. They are displaying a strong support for their team. Well, guys, I'm here to tell you today that I told you first and foremost, I'm on Jesus' team. I mean, that's the number one team that I serve. That's the number one team that I support. And I don't have a problem supporting my team with my time, with my treasures, and with my talent. I mean, I want to be engaged in supporting my team. So are you supporting your team? Are you supporting Jesus' team? And if we're going to do that, then we're not going to hesitate at all to give financially to that team, to give of our time to that team, and to give of our talents to that team if we really support that team. Now listen, guys, every single one of you guys are gifted at something. Every single one of us have a place where we can serve and something that we could do to engage, and we need to get involved. As a matter of fact, I'm reminded of what Jesus said in John 15 and verse 5. I think I shared this verse with you last week. But he says this. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And the one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. Get this. Because you can do nothing without me. Oh, let that nothing resound in your spirit. Guys, you can't do anything without Jesus. You can't do nothing without him. We see in Scripture that, that it says the, the heavens declare the glory of God. The earth showeth forth the firmament of our God. In other words, God is just showing off with creation. Whenever you look around in, in today and all the sun or all the snow that's out here and, and you see a, a morning sunrise and all the colors in the sky with the white ground from the sun, I mean, that's absolutely beautiful to see. But you know who tells that sun to come up every day? Our God. You know who tells it to go down every day? Our God. Remember, you can do nothing. You say, well, I'll just, I'll just get through tomorrow the best way I can. Not without God, you can't. You see, He is blessing you every single day. And a lot of times we don't even realize it. He's blessing us. Matter of fact, our heart that beats, you know who tells it to beat one more time? God. The air that we breathe, you know who gives us that air? God. The strength that we have, you know who gives us the strength and the ability to go to our job to earn a living so we can pay our bills and meet the needs of our family? You know who does all of that? God. Why would we not want to support a God like that? Listen, that's the team that I'm on. That's the team that I'm serving. And if we're going to win at that team, I believe we need to show a display of strength and support for that team and support them with all of our heart. You know, I don't preach a whole lot about tithing. I don't preach a whole lot about money. But guys, you know it's declared in God's Word. It is a command from God for us to tithe. Now, I think it's a gracious God, even in the area of tithing, because He says, God, listen, I just want you to give me 
the first 10% of your income is mine. Honor me with that. And you get to live on the 90%. Now, that's a pretty gracious God, isn't it? And there's some major principles behind that. Because the Bible tells us that where our treasure is, there our what? Heart is also. You see, your, your heart's really not in the Lord's work if you're not given to the Lord's work. I know we don't want to hear that kind of stuff on Sunday morning. But guys, you realize it's true? And I don't have a problem with that. Matter of fact, I believe that I can live better on 90% or even 80% and trying to give 20% to the Lord's work than I can on 100%. Why? Because now I'm living under His favor and under His blessings where He told me in Malachi 3.10, He said, if you'll just do this, I will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you so large you can't even, you can't even receive it. Man, I've seen that happen in my life over and over and over again. I'm not about to shut up the window of heaven on my life. I want to depend on Him. Why? Because I realize I can do nothing without Him. You see, there has never been a football team, a football coach, a basketball team, as much as I love the Duke Blue Devils and Coach K and the boys, At the end of the way, those guys will never do anything for me. Hello? Hello? At the end of the day, these teams that we're all supporting jerseys and everything else, at the end of the day, they don't even know who you are. And they'll take their millions of dollars and they'll go spend it on selfish, riotous living. And they could care less. Not all of them, but some could care less about you or anybody else in the world. But there is one that cares about you. And his name is Jesus. And there is one who gave everything for you. And his name is Jesus. He left the glories of heaven to come to the cross of Calvary. And there he scored the winning touchdown. And there he defeated Satan. And there he paid the price for your sins and for my sins. I'm going to invest in a God that has invested so much in me. Hello? I love what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 7. The Bible says... You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Now that's the New Living Translation. But he says, but God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Guys, you realize that word cheerfully? It just means hilarious. It's the Greek word hilaros. Where we get our English word hilarious. And what God is saying, I love a, 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 a hilarious giver. I wonder. I wonder. Just imagine, if you will. What if someone in our congregation, whenever we got to the offering and, and we're passing the, the offering basket down the aisles and finally it gets to that one that's cheerful. It gets to him. He's Praise the Lord. Woo! This is what I've been waiting on. Oh, I didn't think you were ever going to get to the offering. I've been saving up all week long to give. I get to give to the offering today. That's what's pictured in that verse. God loves, He loves a hilarious, cheerful giver. And guys, I don't know about you, but, but I, I enjoy paying my tithe. I enjoy giving back to the Lord. I enjoy living life like this. Just hands wide open. God bless me, I'll give. 
Help me. And I hope and pray that you could fall into the category of 2 Corinthians 9-7. I hope you could be that hilarious giver. You see, people are investing a lot of money in the Super Bowl. How much are you investing in Jesus? I hope at least you're giving your 10%. That's where it starts. That's a starting place, guys. I heard the story the other day about a lady that went to the Super Bowl, and she's there, and right beside her is an empty seat. And the man behind her was curious, you know, it's a Super Bowl, why is there an empty seat? And so he taps the lady on the shoulder, and, and she said, or he said, I notice you have a seat that's empty beside you. He said, why, why is that seat empty? And she said, oh, that seat was for my husband, but he died. And the guy said, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry to hear that, and after a little bit longer, the guy engages with her again. And, and he says, ma'am, he said, couldn't you find a friend or a relative or somebody to come along with you and give them that seat? And she said, well, I tried, but they all wanted to go to the funeral. <laughs> that may be a little bit extreme, okay? You can laugh. It's okay. You can laugh. I guess what I'm trying to say is people give a ton to go support the Super Bowl, or their favorite team. That's a little extreme. You, did you get the joke? For those who didn't get it, we'll tell you later, okay? Just a joke, okay? Lighten up. We need to learn to laugh at ourselves. Number three, get this. Here we go. Don't do that any time, okay? Tell everyone whose team you're on. Display a strong support for your team. Number three, work hard for the success of your team. Work hard for the success of your team. Guys, you realize that sports fans are tireless. I mean, man, they work so hard for the support of their team. They're on the road. They're traveling. They're paying expenses. They're rain, sleet, snow. I mean, I even saw some of that this weekend with the Mascuda cheerleaders being up in Bloomington and people just trudging through the snow. And up there they had 20-plus inches of snow and they got dozers carrying away snow on, on the back of dump trucks and just so they could get But people are there rallying on their team and their fans. They work so hard for the success of their team. I guarantee you that just about every single one of us, probably 10 pounds of you, can be accredited to buying cookies and candy bars from the little guys that are running up and down the street that are selling candy bars or cookies for their sports team so that they can buy new uniforms for their team this year at the local school. We have all done that, have we not? Every single one of us have thrown a $5 bill out for a 50-cent candy bar just so the team could go buy new uniforms. Or we go to something else and we throw money. I mean, those little guys, you see them, they're going door to door. Matter of fact, I saw one. He came to our neighborhood and he had a wagon. And behind his wagon, he had his little sister and he's pulling her. And they're going door to door selling all this stuff for their teams. And I'm not against any of that stuff. But why is it that people work so hard? And then you have these booster clubs at all the events. And they're all about raising money for the teams. And I'm not against any of that stuff. Please don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that we'll go out into the community and we will work our tails off for a local team at a school. And sometimes I even question the motive of the parents that's even working. Are they really working just so their little son can get a starting position on the team? Or why are you even working here? Maybe that's a whole other story, but it runs through my mind. And maybe it does yours as well. Hey, does it not? Anyway, I won't go there. But they're working so hard at the Boosters Club. And I'm not against the Booster Club. I mean, I, you know, thank God for Booster Clubs. They do a great job. But why is it when it comes to the church, we don't find that same enthusiasm? 
Why is it when it comes to the church, we're not, we're not working hard for the success of the church? Listen, guys, when we move in our building, I'll be, I'll be tell, I'm just going to be dead out honest with you. This building, Brother Darrell told me years ago, of course, he's in building, been in building most of his life, and he, he told me this years ago, he said, now you realize, this is years ago, before, before we even started thinking about building a church or anything, he said, you realize there's two, two kind of unwritten rules in building. He said, it's going to take you longer than you planned. It's going to cost you more than you planned. He said, now I kind of build both of those things in whenever you're budgeting. You know, I found that to be true in building houses or building a church, whatever. I mean, good night. I really thought we'd be building in the summertime. Matter of fact, I was out in the community. I was passing out flyers and come by and see our property. We're building this summer, and here we are. I mean, we hadn't even started building yet. So it's definitely taking us longer than we planned, and it's costing us more than we planned. Get this, guys. And we'll be glad to show you the books. Matter of fact, our books are open. All you need to do is ask for a request. We don't print literature and pass out budget numbers and all that. You get a, you get a hardline number in the bulletin every week. But our books are open. If you need to see them, you make an appointment with Donetta. She'll be glad to bring you in or with the building team. And you can sit down with, with those guys. You can see where the money's going. We have spent, to date, over $81,000 on this building. And we've barely turned a shovel full of dirt. And that shovel full was just so we can get a sample of the dirt. Do you realize that? Nearly $100,000 has already been spent, and we've done nothing with the church property. So my point is this, guys. It's going to cost us, and the day's coming. Get this. I mean, just get ready for it. But it shouldn't bother us. The day's coming when we're going to have to say, okay, church, we need some chairs who would like to buy a chair for your family? And we're going to rally you to buy some chairs. We're going to need to buy some furniture. There's some other things we're going to need to buy. Somebody's going to ask the question, what about those chairs we gave to the camp? Listen, those chairs would not work in our facility. Okay? And by the way, God loves a cheerful giver. We weren't using them. They were taking up storage space. And we felt that was the thing to do is give. So don't even go there with me. All right? Everybody say amen or oh me, but hang in here. All right? Yeah, those chairs are comfortable, but those things are... We're, in a, we're going to be in a multi-purpose facility. We're going to have to set up and tear down and throw things out of the way. Not every Sunday, but whenever we have events and things. You understand? So we need something lighter than that. We learned our lesson when we bought those. Those are permanent stationary chairs that you set up in an auditorium. You never move them. Those things are hard to move. So don't even go there. Point is, we're coming to a day when we're going to come. We're going to say, hey, would you be willing to help us buy some chairs? And I don't know what we're going to have to do to do this, but the point is, if we can go out there and work hard for our teams in the community, and I'm not against that, but if we can go out there and work hard for our teams, surely we can come in here and work hard for the Lord's team. Help me out here. Surely. That was weak. If we can go out there in the community and work, I'm going to give you another chance here. If we can go out in the community and work hard for our community teams, surely we can come into the church and work hard for the church team. That's better. I like that. I'll edit that first portion out of the, of the podcast, and they will never hear that we dropped the ball right there. They'll hear the rally cry, okay? What are we doing for him? Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Get this, guys. We must not get tired of doing good. For we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Guys, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Do not grow weary in well-doing. Do not lose heart. What are you doing for the Lord's team? Are you working hard for the victory team? 
Let me ask you this. Matter of fact, if you look in your bulletin this, this Sunday, open it up. On the inside, right in the middle, you see it says Servant Evangelism Teams. What, what are we doing there? Are, are you on a team? I want to encourage you. Get on a team. Get on one of these teams. Some of the teams just meet once a month. Some, some teams meet, you know, maybe once a quarter. Depends. Some meet every single week. Find a team that works for you. There's many different teams. There's the prayer team. There's the evangelism team. There's the assisted living team. There's the hospitality team. There's the community outreach team. There's a practical service team, a military team, an apple pie team, a hospital and recovery team. And if there's not a team on there that you'd like to start, we'll start another team for you. Listen, get connected. What about in the worship team? Are you there? In, in the band, maybe you play an instrument or something. Bring it. Get connected. Listen, there's something we can do, and I think we all need to work hard for the success of our team. And you see that fans work hard for the success of their team. Players work hard for the success of their team. Coaches work hard for the success of their team. What are we doing for Team Jesus? Are we working hard for His team? Well, I hope and pray that we are. Number four, jot this one down. I've got to move on. How to win the Super Bowl of life. Number four. Not only tell everyone whose team you're on, not only display a strong support for your team, not only work hard for the success of your team. Number four, remain faithful to your team. Remain faithful to your team. You see, a real fan sticks with their, their team through the thick and the, and the thin, through the good days and the bad days, through the wins and through the losses. A loyal fan is going to stick with their team. And every single one of us, as a fan of our team, we've experienced the highs and we've experienced the lows. Have we not? Hello? Every single one of us. Mr. Lauderdale is on a high, man, he's on top of that wave right now with his Steelers there. Right? We've all experienced the highs where our team's been in the Super Bowl or our team's been at the World Series or our team's been at the championship basketball game. We've all experienced those highs as a fan, but we've also experienced the losses like the Panthers that were written out so early in the football season. Right? We've all experienced that. But a loyal fan is going to wear that jersey. He's going to be right there rooting on his team. Guys, you know what? We need to do the same thing in Jesus' team. You know why? Because here, listen, understand, we're in a spiritual warfare. Satan is doing his best to discourage you to attack you. He's coming at you. I promise you, whenever he shoots you with one of his fiery darts, you get to make a decision. Are you going to quit on his team? Are you going to quit on God's team? Are you going to quit on his church? Are you going to give up? And you see, the, the problem comes whenever we experience a few victories. And we get a few victories under our belt. We, we know the taste of victory and what it is to win and what it is to, for a ministry to be hitting on all six or eight cylinders. I mean, we were kind of there at a, at a day, but then we came through some storms as a church. I don't know why. Maybe God just felt it was time to purge Victory Church a little bit. And I'll tell you, it's one of the most painful things that I've ever been through personally. It's been one of the hardest experiences of my life. But I know at the end of the day, whenever gold is refined and it goes to the fire, it comes out pure, it comes out stronger. And God does that to His people and He does that to His church. And I promise you, there's going to be a purging that's going to take place in your spiritual life as well as in the church. What will you do when you you start going through the purging of life as a child of God. Will you pack up? Will you run? Will you throw in the towel? Will you start looking for greener pastures? Will you look for another team to get on? 
I hope and pray that you're going to stay faithful to first and foremost God's team, Jesus' team. And then I hope you stay faithful to victory team, Victory's team. Listen, we are trying in our best to be loyal to God, to be faithful to His Word, to stand on His Word, to reach a community. I hope you'll be faithful here. You know one of the things that you don't see happen often, very often, it's hard to see teams go back and repeat the Super Bowl. Now, I don't put this stuff to memory, but I know there's some of you guys out there, you can give me dates and years. Who was the last team to repeat a Super Bowl? Patriots, what year was that? 03, 04? Okay, some of you guys that put all this stuff to memory, is that a rare thing for a team to come back and repeat as a Super Bowl champion? It's not real common, is it? And I don't know all the variables that come into play on why a team cannot go back and repeat. I do know there's some salary cap issues, and I do know all of that comes into play. And I do know there's a drafting order that hopefully the Panthers will get up there to number one draft this year. And, and vice, you know, there's a drafting order. All, the, all those variables come into play. But could it be, could it be that some of those players start looking around to greener pastures and think, you know what, I've brought this team as far as I can bring them. Now maybe I can go over there. Maybe there's a little bit more money over there. Maybe there's a little more interest over there. Maybe I can, make, maybe I can do something over there. And they start looking around, and you find them start moving. You know, I remember I grew up back in the day. Matter of fact, that jersey my wife is wearing, that's a 1970s jersey, okay? That's a back-in-the-day jersey right there. But I remember back in the day, you didn't see teams or players jumping off teams and going over to rival teams. Man, they were there. They were loyal to their team. You don't see that so much anymore. Matter of fact, you'll see coaches. Matter of fact, one that kind of shocked me was to see um, um, the coach of the Rams, Vermeil. No, Vermeil, was that his name? Took him to the Super Bowl. And then next year, where's he wind up? Kansas City for the Chiefs? What are you doing? You don't even see coaches that are loyal any longer. Guys, you know what? Unfortunately, that same mentality comes into the church. And we, we see church members jumping around and hopping around and here and there. And, and, I'm, you know, and I know that God does move us sometimes. I understand that. But there comes a point we've got to say, you know what, through thick and thin, I'm staying. I am going to help build God's church. I am committed to this team, and we need to stay there. Let, let's quickly go. And there's a couple more verses I can read there. But let, let me give you number five so I can wrap this thing up. Five ways to win the Super Bowl of life. Number one, tell everyone whose team you're on. Display a strong support for your team. Work hard for the success of your team. Remain faithful to your team. He's faithful to us. We need to remain faithful to him. And then number five, display a passion for your team. Display a passion for your team. You see, a real player or a loyal fan, they're going to get excited about their team. Nothing wrong with that. I get excited about my teams when they're there. I love, I love getting excited about our teams. And you know what? I guarantee you that when Ben, Big Ben throws a touchdown pass, that Steeler fans there in Dallas and all around the world are going to jump out of their seats. They're going to get all excited when he throws a touchdown pass. Same thing when Aaron Rodgers throws a pass, a touchdown pass. Packer fans everywhere are going to come out of their seats. They're going to get all excited about that. Why? They have a passion for their team. Guys, we need to bring that same passion into the church. We need to bring that same passion into God's team. We need to get excited about what God's doing in our life. We need to have passion about what He's doing. The word fan is a shortened word for the word fanatic. And here's what it says in Webster's Dictionary, how they define a fanatic. As 
someone who is marked by excessive enthusiasm and often intense, uncritical devotion. Boy, I'd love to see a church full at Victory that were fanatics about Christ, fanatics about Jesus, fanatics about God, fanatics about Victory Church. Listen, guys, if we can't get excited about Jesus, when you think about all that He's done for us, if we can't get excited about that, I wonder, do we really know Him? I mean, when you think about all He's done for us, when you think about how He, he decided before the creation of the earth, before the foundations of the world were put in place, God had already laid out His plan, and Jesus said, I will go pay the supreme sacrifice on the cross. And we think about all that He's done for us, we think about how He came to die on the cross for our sins. He is the sinless Son of God. But He came to die for me. If I can't be passionate about what He's done for me, something's wrong. Something's wrong. So I wonder, are you passionate about what you're doing for the Lord? Listen, for all you guys that teach a class, teach it with passion. For all you guys that are involved in set up and tear down, do it with passion. For the choir and the worship team and the praise team and band that's playing and singing, do it with passion. I mean, He gave everything for us. Surely we can do things for Him with a passion and a heart's desire to serve Him. I'm reminded in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse number 10, the Bible says, Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your strength, because there is no work in planning and knowledge or wisdom and show, which is the grave where you're going. You see, the day's going to come when there is no more working and planning and no more knowledge. I mean, the day's going to come when there is no more of that. So I guess in essence what it's saying is while you have today, while you're here, serve the Lord with passion. Do it with all your mind. Do it with all your strength. I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. In a few hours, two teams are going to square off. Pittsburgh Steelers, Green Bay Packers, and Dallas, Texas for the Super Bowl. Rings are going to be awarded. Trophies are going to be presented. Players are going to be recognized. Short-lived glory is going to be received and given. I don't have a clue who's going to win this, this game today. But I do know how to tell you to win the game in the Super Bowl of life. How do you do that? It starts with Jesus. It finishes with Jesus. It's all about Him. What have you done? Have you given your life to Him? If you haven't this morning, my prayer is that you'll receive Him as your personal Lord and Savior. That during this time of invitation that you'll pray to receive Christ. I'll be up front if you'd like to come up and help and receive prayer. I'll be glad to help you in that. But today, give your heart to Jesus. Recommit your life to Him. And then I want to encourage you to leave this week and tell everybody whose team you're on. Display a strong support for your team. Work hard for the success of your team. Remain faithful to your team. Display a passion for your team. And the team I'm talking about it's Team Jesus. Serve Him. Love Him. Be enthused about Him. Give your life to Him. 
Give Him your best. Give Him your time. Give Him your treasure. Give Him your talents. He gave everything for you. Surely we can give back to Him. Thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life, if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. That's victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can call, email, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109 in O'Fallon, Illinois. Or come check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.